Wentworth moved along the richly decorated hall with determined feet. He was leaving. There was no help in this man. Whatever Wentworth did to thwart the criminals, it was obvious he must do alone. A suave voice behind him called, Mr. Wentworth. Wentworth turned slowly to face the secretary. The man walked swiftly up to him, feet nearly noiseless. Although he was a large man, tall and strong-shouldered, an unusual figure for his position. Men's secretaries, as Wentworth knew them, usually were slight, smooth men whose chief function was to yes their employers and give meticulous body service. This man was different. He performed the tasks suavely, despite a build like a gladiator. He had a calm face and well-ordered white hair, white not with age but with blondness. His eyes were blue and direct as he addressed Wentworth. "'I hope, sir,' he said, "'that you will not take umbrage at Mr. Love's remarks.' He is prone to that sort of thing. Actually, he has a great love for his workers and would do anything in the world for them. Except part with money, said Wentworth. The man smiled, moved a hand in a small, restrained gesture. Even money, he said, makes no special difference. It is the idea of submitting to criminals that roils Mr. Love. What am I expected to do about all this? Wentworth demanded. I wish you would return, sir, and lend your assistance. Commissioner Battleson is a good man, but somewhat unimaginative. Wentworth shrugged. I doubt that Mr. Love sent you with any message. I don't like him. I don't like his manner. I have not been assigned to the case, and I shan't concern myself with it any longer. Good day. Wentworth pivoted on his heel and strode on. But at that moment the front door flung open, and with a burst of laughter a girl ran into the hall, a girl black-haired and black-eyed, with the high color of the cold on her cheeks, flakes of snow glistening upon a dark fur coat. Behind her came two men, one dark-faced and somber, with a brisk black mustache and a monocle screwed into his eye, strode deliberately, the other, an easily smiling, muscular youth, rather carelessly dressed in tweed, ran after the girl and caught her by the shoulders. The girl made a move at him, red soft lips puckered defiantly, stood chatting, pulling off gloves, then spotted Wentworth and checked sharply, her face sobering. She hesitated, giggled, but she did it charmingly, naturally, as at some huge joke. Then she walked up to Wentworth and smiled into his face. "'You're Richard Wentworth,' she said, challenging. Wentworth bowed. "'I can't deny it,' he laughed. "'I don't care to when so charming a creature addresses me by name.' The girl's smile widened. She had a generous mouth. "'But you don't ask questions,' she said. "'You don't ask me how I know you.' "'Sorry,' he said gravely. "'Won't you please tell me how you happen to recognize me?' "'That's much better,' she said, nodding regally. Now I'll tell you. When I was a freshman in college, Nita Van Sloan was a senior, and she had your picture. So you see, it's not so mysterious after all. Wentworth laughed. It still seems immensely mysterious. Why in the world you should remember a photograph? He was thinking rapidly, trying to remember someone in school whom his fiancée, Nita Van Sloan, might have mentioned. This girl evidently had free access to the Love Mansion. The girl dropped her head in pretend coquettishness. But, Mr. Wentworth, Nita told me of all the wonderful things you were doing, and I... I was in love with you. Aha! A conquest, said Wentworth lightly. Isn't it about time you told me your name? 
Prepare to be impressed, said the girl mischievously. She flung up an arm in a stagey gesture. I am Renee, the daughter of the great Jonathan Love. She held out her white hand. You may kiss our hand, she said. Wentworth did so, admirably, straightened to catch a surprised, disquieted look in the girl's eyes. Ooh, she said. Maybe I used the past tense too soon on that little affair of the picture. I sincerely trust so, said Wentworth seriously. The good-looking young man with the wide, muscular shoulders stalked in on him. I say, hasn't this gone on quite long enough? He was laughing. Renee has forgotten her manners. He held out his hand. I am Tremaine Smith, and this, he gestured toward the dark man with the monocle, is William Reuters.